All right. Well, let's open with the word of prayer and we'll dig into the word. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your love and your grace and your infinite mercy. I thank you for everyone who's here, none by chance, all by divine appointment. Lord, we don't want the words of men. That's a waste of time. So we ask that your Holy Spirit would speak. Make this the most attentive hour of our week as you minister to our hearts. We love you. We praise you. We worship you. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, Book of Kings, as we've been talking about, the kingdom of Israel was divided into two kingdoms because of Solomon's disobedience. The 10 northern tribes were known as Israel, and the two southern tribes were known as Judah. It was a through the line of David that ruled over Judah. And then we saw multiple lines that were uh, in uh, Israel. And what we have seen, and we're coming toward the end of it a little bit, is that in Israel, every king was, more, was wicked and typically more and more wicked than the one that came before them. And as they were be continuing to walk in wickedness and disobedience to the word of God, Israel, again, we would see that the kingdom would grow smaller and smaller and the enemies would come in and attack them. In Judah, we saw that some of the kings were wicked and some of them were faithful to the Lord. And so we're going to continue tonight to meet more interesting and diverse kings. At this point, the northern kingdom, again, is in total chaos. Uh, we're going to see tonight six or seven kings in the northern kingdom. We'll go through those. And all of them is, are wicked. None of them are following the Lord. And Israel's getting further and further away from God. But we're also going to see a king in Judah who was a godly man, but had an area of compromise. He followed the example of his father. So if you've been coming the last several months, we've witnessed firsthand largely sad and rebellious history of Israel and Judah as far as their rulers are concerned. Uh, all the kings of Israel have been ungodly. And again, Ahab and Jezebel being the prime example of that. And though much of it may seem repetitive, it's in the word for a reason. God's persisting grace and faithfulness to his promises. You know, here's the good news, guys. And I've learned more about this and felt more about this in the last month than ever in my life is the reality is we serve a God of grace. Amen. And he's a God of love and a God of mercy. And he desires that none should perish, no, not one. And heaven is better. Amen. And we close our eyes on earth and we open them up in glory and praise God for that. If you have your outline, grab it. I titled the message, God, God reigns in uncertain times. How appropriate is that for right about now? Amen. We're living in uncertain times. We're living in times when we don't know what the future holds. The good news is we know who holds the future. And so God reigns in uncertain times. And because of that, Here's some exhortations or some applications for our lives we'll see in tonight's text. Number one, may we cultivate hearts of humility and brokenness. The Bible tells us that pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before our fall. You know, in our weakness, his strength is made perfect. And don't let pride or a lack of humility bring you to a tragic end. We're going to see a king that starts really well. His name's King Uzziah. It's also Azariah in tonight's text. But He's referred to more often as Uzziah, and he became a, a very godly king, and he reigns. We're going to see he's going to reign for 52 years. Imagine that. That's like 13 presidents, right? 52 years he reigns, and he's a godly man, but at the end of it, he becomes prideful. And you know, there's nothing sadder, I think, than a self-righteous Christian, amen, or somebody who thinks that they've arrived or they've got it all figured out. And the reality is that we're all sinners in desperate need of a Savior, and we all need to remain humble, broken, and desperate for God if we want to be usable for His kingdom. Amen? Amen? Turn off the Dodger game on your phone and pay attention. No, I love you guys. Number two, what God promises happens. God says that that settles it. Isn't that great? Amen? In a world where so many people fail us, where so many people say one thing and do another, we serve a God who is the truth. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father but by him. And God made some uh, promises to the children of Israel, and we're going to see them be fulfilled tonight. A uh, man left to himself is perverse and wicked. You all just got insulted. Here's the reality. We're all sinners in desperate need of a Savior. There's none righteous, no, not one. And left to ourselves, we do not do the right thing. Maybe you're here tonight and you don't know the Lord and you think, well, actually, I'm a pretty good person compared to who? If you compare yourself to the worst person on the planet, you're probably pretty good. If you compare yourself to the Lord, we've all fallen short. Amen? 
We're fallen and wicked apart from the redeeming work of the Holy Spirit, but praise God in Him, we're new creations in Christ. And when you know the Lord, you become holy because He is holy, not because you're good, but because He's good, amen? Number four, turn to the Lord for help, not the world. We're going to see a king rise up, and he's going to turn to the world for help. He's actually going to give money to another king to indenture Israel into their care so that they can keep them safe. Guys, our safety doesn't come from the world. It comes from the Lord. And we put our faith and our hope and our trust in him, and he's a faithful God. Number five, following in the footsteps of those who have gone before us. You know, we need to both follow and be Christ-like examples. We're going to see in tonight's text that both the godly king's sons followed after them. Not always, though, but we're going to see in tonight's text. And the ungodly king's sons followed after them. And we're an example to our children and our grandchildren. And it doesn't mean our kids will be perfect and they won't make mistakes, but we want to be examples to show them that because we fall short, we spend time on our knees. We seek the Lord. Amen? And we need to be a Christ-like example, following in the footsteps of those who've gone before us. Let's be Christ-like examples. Prolonged evil will bring destruction and righteous judgment. See, he is a God of love and grace and mercy. Do you know that God gives you every opportunity to know him? Do you know that he's, his arm is not short? He desires to reach out. He desires that none should perish, no, not one. And while he, again, would rather die than live without you, his son would rather die than live without you, and he offers grace repeatedly, he will never force it on you. And if you reject him, if you tell him you want nothing to do with him, unfortunately, while he does suffer long, he won't suffer always. And then finally, those who the Lord loves, he disciplines. You know, God does care more about our character than our comfort. But he also is the comforter when we're hurting. Amen? He's the one that shows up. He's the one that comforts us when we're beyond comfort. And praise God for that. You know, godly discipline. Sorry. Pray before every message. I won't do this. I'm sorry. He is the God of all comfort, amen? He does. He comforts us. If you're visiting tonight, my son went to be with the Lord four weeks ago and 28 years old, and boy, I miss that boy. But heaven's better, amen? And when I envision where he is, I'm good. When I think about where he's not, I hurt. He's not in our home. He's not with us, but I'm going to see him again, and I'm thankful for that. But godly disciplines also molds us more into the image of our Savior, you know, uh, if we don't discipline our kids, what do they grow up to be? Brats, amen. <laughs> Spoiled, rotten, entitled, right? But see, God loves us enough that he disciplines us, but he disciplines us to mold us more into the image of our Savior. And that for us is a blessing, amen? All right, so let's begin there looking at 2 Kings 15, beginning in verse 1. May we cultivate hearts of humility and brokenness. In the 27th year of Jeroboam, king of Israel, Azariah, the son of Amaziah, king of Judah, became king. Now, Azariah, he's also known as Uzziah. He's referred more in the Bible as Uzziah. It's a name that could be pronounced either way. And, and uh, in 2 Kings 15, we're going to see it later in 2 Chronicles and in Isaiah. And one of the most popular verses in Scripture about Uzziah that's quoted most often, when King Uzziah died, the day that he died, the people saw the Lord and his glory. Amen? Because King Uzziah had been king for 52 years. And while he was flawed, we'll see at the end of the text about him today, uh, tonight, but he also was a godly man. And when he died, the people were in despair. He'd been a good king for 52 years. But see, when we put our faith and our hope in a man... And when that man passes away, guys, if, we're, if, we, if we fall apart when a man dies, we've had our, our eyes on the wrong person. Amen? I remember the first pastor's conference after Pastor Chuck Smith, who founded Calvary Chapel, went to be with the Lord, Damian Kyle, taught that text in Isaiah that when King Uzziah died, 
the people saw the Lord. And so, if, you know, we don't want to be more focused on any man than we are focused on the Lord, not even close. Amen? So he had been ruling and reigning, and he comes in and it says there, he was 16 years old when he became king, and he reigned 52 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Jacaliah of Jerusalem, and he did what was right in the sight of the Lord, according to all that his father Amaziah had done. Now, if you were not here last week, remember how Amaziah died. If you guys remember what happened to him, uh, Azariah, his reign was largely characterized by him being a good and he did, I, did what was good in the eyes of the Lord. And let me ask you a question. So when people talk about him, they characterize him as a man who did what was right in the eyes of the Lord. If somebody was to characterize your life, what would they say? And that's just between you and the Lord. Think about that. How would they describe your life? If you went to be with the Lord tonight and we were celebrating your life next week, what would people say about your life? And guys, when this time has come and passed, only what we've done for Christ will last. And it doesn't matter what the world thinks about us, but what God knows about us. Amen? And we need to stand faithful before him. And the word of God is saying that this young man who reigned for 52 years, that he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord. Now, following the tragic events that brought King Amaziah's reign to an end, remember what happened, that he had died and then Jerusalem was in disarray. A major section of the wall around Jerusalem was taken away. Uh, the temple itself and the palace was emptied of all its treasures, and some of its inhabitants were taken captive. So all this stuff had happened, and now this 16-year-old boy takes over, and they've been invaded by the enemy. His father has been killed. They've actually put him to death because he failed them. And Jerusalem, the walls are down. And some people have been taken away captive. And this young man stands in the gap. It says many things about Uzziah. You, uh, most of you guys know this. By the way, I would encourage you. When, you're re when we're reading through 2 Kings, there's a companion text. It's in Chronicles. And in Chronicles, it gives more detail. 2 Chronicles 26 is the parallel chapter to this section, and it tells us so much more. It says, of his great accomplishments, again, he began to reign at 16. He reigned during the ministry of Zechariah the prophet. He defeated the Philistines, took many of their cities, and also kept the Ammonites uh, paying tribute to Israel. He was an, an internationally famous and strong king. The other nations feared him. He was an ambitious builder and skilled in agriculture. He literally, uh, the land blossomed under his care. The people were fed well. The nation was strong. The enemies feared them because this was a man who followed the Lord. In 2 Chronicles 9, it says uh, he gave special attention, again, because of the scarcity that he knew was coming because of prophecy to make sure that the people were fed. It also tells us he built up and organized the army and introduced several new items of military technology. And it says all these things about this young man who was used so mildly by the Lord. So here's this young man, and this is why when he dies 52 years later, that the people were afraid. Now, Uzziah, as we'll see tonight, was far from perfect, and he does not come to a very good end. Verse 4, now it says he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, except, except that the high places were not removed and the people still sacrificed and burnt incense in the high places. God had commanded that worship was only to be, and sacrifices only to be made in the tabernacle and then later the temple when the temple was built. Do you know why that is? Because the temple is a picture and the tabernacle is a picture of the cross. Amen? Hundreds of years before crucifixion existed. Did you know when they traveled through the wilderness, you can see this in numbers, when they lined up the people in numbers, that they literally marched in the shape of a cross. So when God looked down from heaven on the children of Israel as they wandered in the wilderness, as they set up camp, they were setting up camp in the shape of a cross. And in the center of that cross was the tabernacle. And so guys, there's only one way God said to get to heaven and Jesus is the only way. And so what they were doing instead, we talked about this, that Jotham and, and the other forefathers had, what they had done is that he had set up 
places of worship so the people didn't have to travel so far. He was afraid if they went down to Jerusalem, they might not come back. So he set up in Bethel and in Dan these altars. There were supposed to be altars to the true and living God, but he set up golden calves. And he told them, you don't have to go all the way down to Jerusalem to worship. You know, you don't have to draw, you know, you don't have to get and go a great distance. Let me make it as close to your home as possible. And what they were doing is they were saying that they were worshiping the true and living God, but they were worshiping him in the wrong way. And so sadly, while Uzziah, all those accomplishments I just shared with you, he followed the example of his dad and his grandfather, and his great-grandfather, and all those who had gone before him who let these false idols be set up and did not tear them down. Now, this is an example for us. We need to steer clear of traditions of men and stand only by what the Word of God says. There There are entire denominations. There are entire groups of people that do things contrary to the Word of God, and they continue to do them because they've always done it. Amen? No such thing as purgatory, not in the Bible. We don't pray to saints, not in the Bible. Amen? Pray to, pray to the Father in the name of the Son, the power of the Holy Spirit. We, there, you know, we don't have to pray ourselves out of heaven. There's so many traditions and so many things in the, that, that denominations and different uh, people do that's based on because everybody else always did it. We got to stop worrying about what everyone else is doing and do what the word of God says. Amen. If it's not in the Bible, I don't want any part of it. Amen. Well, we've always done it this way. Well, this is what we do. This is how we do it. Well, that's what happened to Uzziah. Well, my grandfather did it. My great-grandfather did it. My great-great-grandfather did it. They all let the altars stay there. If he had spent time, what are the first two commandments? No other God before me, and no graven image. Amen? First two commandments. And they had graven images, and they were worshiping them, and they were disobeying God. Guys, we don't listen. We don't follow the example of men. We follow what the Word of God says. Amen? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by. So this area of compromise persisted. And Azariah's reforms were not as complete as they could have been or should have been. And it's a good warning for us not to fall into that same trap of following the traditions of men. Verse 5. Then the Lord struck the king so that he was a leper. Where did that come from? I just told you all the accomplishments. 52 years he was the king, and he gets struck with leprosy. How can this man, being used so mightily by God, this man that was doing good things in God's eyes, how in the world does he become a leper? Well, let me tell you how. Point number one is may we cultivate hearts of humility and brokenness. He ceased to be humble, and he ceased to be broken. And we know this from 2 Chronicles, that what he did was he decided that it was okay for him to go into the temple and it was okay for him to offer the sacrifice the way that the priest does. And the priest tried to stop him, telling him not to go in. Because guys, remember that only the high priest could go into the Holy of Holies. Only the high priest could go in and burn incense. Why? Because the high priest is a picture of Jesus Christ and only he, only through him can we come to the Father. Amen? Holy of Holies is a picture of the cross. You'll notice in scripture that he never, it was never a prophet, a priest, and a king until Jesus came. Amen? There would be prophets, there would be priests, and there would be kings, but all of those together is who Jesus is. He is the prophet, he is the great high priest, and he is the king of kings. Amen? So what he had done is he had defiled the temple by disobeying what the word of God said. And the priests, you see it in 2 Chronicles, they're like, don't, no, no. And they're they're begging him to stop. And he just, in his pride, walks right in and goes into a place. Guys, I do not want to stand before Almighty God on my own. I am glad that on Judgment Day, Jesus will be standing with me. Amen? Because we know him. They will see us through the shed blood of his son. Well, all of you know that my son dealt with depression and he was far from a perfect man. But boy, he loved Jesus. And I've been reading his Bible every night. Man, and the, the notes he has in the, oh, man, it's so awesome. It encourages me so much. But I know that I know that I know that when he stood before the Lord, he's forgiven. 
and he's redeemed. And aren't you glad? When, even when you read through Hebrews 11, God's hall of faith, he mentions the areas where they were faithful and the rest of the stuff he's forgiven. Amen? Aren't you glad to know that? David's in the hall of faith. He was a murderer and an adulterer. Samson's, how is Samson in Hebrews 11? And Samson is there, but you know what that does? That brings peace to my heart to know that while I'm a flawed man, that the Lord sees me holy, not because of who I am, but because of whose I am. Amen? And sadly here we see that he gets caught up in his own pride, this good and godly king that had done so much for the nation of Judah had reigned over 50 years. What went wrong and the priest tried to stop him, but the king insisted on forcing his way into the temple to burn incense before the Lord. Pride truly go, does go before destruction. Sadly, one compromise where they were commanded to worship progressed into rebellion against God's command. See, he had allowed them to worship in a place that was not a place that God had commanded them to worship. And that compromise led to a bigger one. And the same thing can happen in our lives. If we just have this one area, you know, where we hold on to King Agag, the king in the flesh, right? We hold on to one area of our life and we make exceptions for it and we act like it's not a big deal. Let me just tell you, when you compromise in one area, you're gonna continue to compromise in other areas. Amen? And we need to be careful. We need to make sure that our desire is to walk in the center of God's will. Again, we sin every day, but we're sinners saved by grace. Only Jesus, our great high priest, can intercede on our behalf. Now notice what happens. It says he became a leper until the day of his death, so he dwelt in an isolated house. He dwelt in an isolated house. See, rebellion resulted in lost and broken fellowship. What, what is it that brought sin into the world, Adam and Eve? Prior to that, Adam and Eve walked in the cool of the day. They, had, they could just talk to Almighty God. But once they sinned, it separated them from the Father. And guys, because of sin, there is pain and sorrow and suffering and death. You know, Jesus wept at the tomb of Lazarus, even though he was about to raise him from the dead, because he saw how people wept. And believe me, I have a whole new understanding of that now. Just the pain that comes in the loss of somebody I love so much. And you know what? The Lord... It breaks his heart that there's death. It was, never, it was not his plan in his heart that we would be separated from him. It's because of our rebellion that we're separated from him. Amen? But praise God that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us to restore us. So guess what? He becomes a leper. Now he's isolated. Now he's out on his own. He was once the king. He was once the man that everybody adored. He was been there for 52 years reigning with them, and now he's a leper. And because of his choice of rebellion, he has lost intimacy with both his people and with the Lord. It says in Numbers chapter five, command the children of Israel that they put out of the camp every leper, everyone who has a discharge and whoever becomes defiled by a corpse. Guys, there's nothing worse than being outside or out of fellowship with Almighty God. There's nothing worse. And there's nothing better than knowing the King of kings and the Lord of lords. There's nothing better. And praise God for it. Because of his pride and arrogance, he was separated from God. If you're here tonight and you're so arrogant to think that you don't need to be forgiven, boy, you need to repent. Amen? Once we recognize we're sinners, we'll recognize our need for a Savior. So Uzziah would not be able to have contact with other people anymore. He wouldn't be able to efficiently run the nation unless he had someone do it for him. We're going to see that his son kind of steps in alongside him. Verse 6. Now it says, the rest of verse five, and it said, and Jotham, and Jotham, the king's son, was over the royal house judging the people of the land. So because he was separated because of his leprosy, leprosy was very contagious. Leprosy was something that when they saw you, they ran in the other direction. So he was isolated outside and the only way to communicate with the people was through his son. And so he had to give away, again, some of his ministry because of the choices that he had made. Verse 6, now the rest of the acts of Azariah and all that he did, are they not written in the book of Chronicles of the kings of Judah? So Azariah rested with his fathers and they buried him with his fathers in the city of David. Then Jotham, Jotham his son reigned in his place. He conquered many cities. He enlarged the kingdom of Judah. He made it stronger. He was a man of agricultural wisdom 
uh, everything, you know, he was such a mighty king, but sadly he didn't finish strong. And that's my exhortation for all of us. We can walk with the Lord for decades, but we know of people, and I don't need to mention names. There's a very well-known apologist who spoke for years and I, you know, and he was a man that was seemingly used mildly by God. And then after he died, you found out he was a philanderer and an adulterer. And what does that do? So when you think of that name, what do you think of? Not the faithfulness, but where he failed. Amen. And sadly, that can happen to all of us. We can walk with the Lord our whole life. And again, you know, God is gracious. And if we sin, he, he's a forgiving and a gracious God if we've truly been born again. But the consequences can still remain. And, the, and the, the destruction to our reputation and the cause of Christ can remain. And you know, that's so tragic because in Azariah's case, he went too far, something a king was not supposed to do. He says, again, only a priest, a descendant of Aaron, was allowed to enter the temple. You know what? It's, it's then that in brokenness and humility that we run to an only only one that can bring us peace in the midst of the storm. When you're humble, you run to the Lord, not from him. Amen? You recognize how desperately you need him. And the Lord loves us enough to do what's necessary to keep us humble and broken. He's the only one who can comfort us in our grief, who can make a way when there is no way, who is our Savior, our Redeemer, our Redeemer and our friend, the God of grace and mercy and loving kindness, the one who has suffered more than all of us out of love for us. Let me read this to you quickly. You can look at it later. You guys know this text. It's in Philippians chapter 3, verses 7 through 11. It says this, But what things were gained to me, this is the Apostle Paul speaking, these I have counted as loss for Christ. Yet I indeed also count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Jesus Christ my Lord, for whom I have suffered loss, and all the things I count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ, and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed into his death, if by any means I may attain to the resurrection of the dead. Guys, we need to be running to the Lord, not from the Lord. We need not put our faith in the world, but put our faith in God. And no matter what's happening in the world around us, God is on the throne and we can trust him. Amen? We don't have to be afraid. So he arrested with his fathers, this very interesting time in history. And again, he had died and that would have taken place again very early in the time of King Uzziah's ministry. Cultivating humility, it's when our circumstances are beyond our control. When you're diagnosed with cancer, I know there's people in this room battling cancer right now. You know what? When you're in that position and you can't fix it, you run to the Lord. When we lose our jobs or struggling financially, we can't fix it. We run to the Lord. When we have a prodigal son or daughter who's not walking with the Lord, many people in this room have that right now. What do we do? It drives us to our knees, humbles us. We cry out to the Lord. When our spouse wants to leave, it humbles us. We cry out to the Lord. When we live through a pandemic, amen, it can humble us. When your 28-year-old son who struggles with depression and addiction dies. See, whenever we go through those trials and difficulty, it keeps us humble, keeps us broken, keeps us crying out to the Lord. God reigns in uncertain times. He was a man who'd done all things for the nation, greatly strengthened it and built it up. He, he was a man they would miss greatly. But when King Uzziah died, they saw that the Lord was on the throne. See, guys, when the person you're putting your faith in other than the Lord, don't do that. But when you do and he dies or he passes away, you realize that the Lord's the one you need. So point number one, and God reigns in uncertain times, may we cultivate hearts of humility and brokenness. Point number two, what God promises happens. Look at verse eight. Now we're going to see in these next several verses, we're going to see seven kings in 43 years. Now we're, go, we're, we're backing up, okay, we're backing away from Judah. We're going back up into the northern kingdom of Israel. In Judah, they had several kings that were godly. In Israel, they had none. So we're backing away, going back into Israel. So during the 52 years that King Uzziah is reigning in Judah, there's going to be seven kings in Israel. And Israel is going to be struggling all the way through it. 
and they're going to be more and more wicked as we go through it. So let's begin looking. It says, in the 38th year of Azariah, king of Judah, Zechariah, the son of Jeroboam, reigned over Israel in Samaria. How long? Six months. Little different than the 52 years Uzziah reigned. Now, while Uzziah was not perfect, and, he, and in the end, he was struck with leprosy, but because he was faithful, God blessed him with many years. Zechariah gets six months. Look what it says. He did evil in the sight of the Lord, as his fathers had done. He did not depart from the sins of Jeroboam, that's the false idols that were placed up and they were worshiping, the son of Nebat, who had made Israel sin. So he, he reigned for six months. Zechariah was so despised by his own people that look what Shalom did, and I don't think anybody tried to stop him. Look at what it says. Then Shalom, the son of Jabesh, conspired against him and struck him and killed him in front of the people. And he reigned in his place. Here's the king, been king six months. Guy walks up and just puts him down. And it doesn't seem like anybody's trying to stop him. So Zechariah was not a popular guy. He was doing evil in the sight of the Lord. He was not honoring to God. By the way, God made a promise to Jehu. Remember, Jehu was the one that God called to go and bring righteous judgment against his own people for worshiping the false gods. And he told him that he would bless him to the fourth generation, where Shalom was the fourth generation. He lasted six months. God said four generations. Four generations happened. God says it. That settles it. It's always going to be true. Amen? And so Shalom, Shalom puts uh, Zechariah to death. And it says, now the rest of the acts of Zechariah, the rest of what acts? We just saw one verse and he died in six months. Well, we know from Second Chronicles, it tells us a little bit more about him. But again, what God promises will happen. By the way, here's, good, you know, here's a great one to remember. Here's a great promise to remember. John 14, 3. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. That is going to happen. Can I get a hallelujah? Amen. No matter what else is going on in this world, you can't threaten us with heaven. Heaven is better. We have the promise of eternal life. I'm so thankful for that promise. Israel's chaos is going to continue for these next 43 years as these kings come and go. And then it says there, now the rest of the Acts of Zechariah, indeed they are written in the book of the Chronicles of the kings of Israel. This is the word of the Lord, which he spoke to Jehu saying, your son shall sit on the throne of Israel to the fourth generation. And so it was. So God said, you're going to sit to the fourth generation. And so it was. God said to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord, and so it is. Amen? We have that promise as Christians that we don't, you know, we don't die. We just move to a much better neighborhood. Amen? We close our eyes on earth. We open them up in glory. And those promises should give us peace no matter what's going on around us because God is a faithful God. I'm glad my faith is not in the government. I'm glad my faith is not in my, in the, you know, most of you guys don't have a full-time job. It's not in my employer. Do your job as unto the Lord. It's not in my bank account. It's in the King of Kings. And his promises are faithful and they're yes and amen and they're true. So when God promises, it happens. Number three, man left to himself is perverse and wicked. So Shalom reigns in Israel. It says, the son of Jabesh became king the 39th year of Uzziah, king of Judah, and he reigned how long? A month. A month. Jehu's kingdom, four generations. This guy, four weeks. He went out and took what he wanted and it lasted a month. You know, the things of this world are perishing. Our life is but a vapor. I feel like Christmas is every three months now. The older I get, it's just like time is shorter and shorter. And right about now, I want it to be shorter and shorter. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. I'm ready for heaven. Let's have a rapture party. Let's go. Can I get an amen? I'm ready for that. I want heaven so desperately. But while we're still here, God's not done with us. God still has a plan for us. 
God's given you gifts. God wants to use you for his kingdom and his glory. God wants you to raise your kids to be godly young people. Amen? God wants you to be godly fathers, godly husbands, godly wives, godly women, godly grandparents, uh, godly workers. Amen? And he wants you to use the gifts he's given you. And guys, when this time has come to pass, only what we've done for Christ will last. Shalom was a full month. Well, he didn't break any records, did he? The dynasty, again, of Jehu was four generations. He only reigned for four weeks. See, the great prosperity and expansion under Jeroboam appears to have corrupted the people and caused them to give free reign to the evil desires and violence of their people. See, Shalom went up and killed somebody, and guess what? He's going to get killed too. Live by the sword, die by the sword. Amen? Here's a man that, I mean, this is like the mafia in here. The new guy starts raining, he gets knocked off. Next guy starts raining, and all he does is look around like this the rest of the time. There's no peace in that. But people strive for the things of this world. See, man left to himself is perverse and wicked. Look what it says here. For Monahem, the son of Gadi, went up to Tirzah, came to Samaria, and struck Shalom, the son of Jabesh, in Samaria, and killed him. And reigned in his place. So he killed Zechariah. And then Mahanam comes and kills him. And again, there's peace in the Lord, but not in the things of this world. The writer of 2 Kings had no moral comment to make a brief reign of Shalom. He doesn't really talk about it much. Perhaps he did not reign long enough to show himself either good or bad, but certainly the violence of Martha's rise and fall and power shows that he did not reign with the blessing of the Lord. See, God was not with him. And I don't want to be in any place where God doesn't want me to be. And I don't want to be doing anything in my own strength or in my own power. Because without him, we can do, and nothing in the original language is nothing. But we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And what we want to do is be in the center of God's will. Pray for us. My wife's struggling. She wants to move. And I get it. She doesn't want to be in the house where her son died. I get it. And we're trying to figure out what's the best thing to do and and, and you know what? And here's, the, here's how I know we're going to do. We're going to do whatever God tells us to do. We're going to honor the Lord no matter what. We're going to praise him no matter what. And he is a faithful God, and I can't imagine going through this without him. And whatever you're going through right now, I pray that you know the Lord is with you, and he'll never leave you nor forsake you. And you serve a faithful God. Amen? And we can trust him, and we can praise him, and we want to wait upon the Lord. Don't be moved by your circumstances. Be led by the Holy Spirit. Amen? Verse 16, then from Tirza, Manahem attacked Tipsah, all who were there and its territory, because they did not surrender, therefore he attacked. So this guy becomes king, and the first thing he does is go out and start attacking people. And notice how brutal this guy is. Look at verse 16. And all the women who were with child he ripped open. Wow. How ungodly is Israel becoming? How ungodly are they becoming? Because here's what's happening. They started worshiping in the false places. And then they compromised instead of waiting upon God's will. And then they started having kings who were just taking place and they weren't standing up for what was right. And you saw one compromise lead to another compromise lead to another compromise. And before you know it, they're so far away from God. I'm not a political guy really that much. I, I believe in voting. I believe in all that. But you know what? I see a lot of similarities with the country we live in today. We're getting further and further away from God. Amen? Abortion's murder, period. Game over. And any nation that says it's okay, there's something wrong. Amen? When the, when the, most, you know, the most innocent among us Jubilee faith over here. The most innocent among us. Amen? We should be protecting them with all that we have. Amen? And here he is. Here's this ungodliness. They're getting so far away from the Lord. Guys, you cannot walk in open rebellion against God and expect God to bless you. Amen? And we cannot shake our fists at God and expect God to bless us. But you know what? As our country gets further and further away from God, it makes me more excited about sharing the gospel because people need to hear it. And we're called to be salt and light here. Amen? California needs Jesus. Amen? Big time. This act of horrible brutality was commanded 
by this man who had become the next king of Israel. And this shows the depths of brutality and ungodliness of the times when a man that's brutal and wicked has raised up to be king. It shows the depravity of all of Israel. Then it says there in verse 17, now watch, turn to the Lord for help, not to the world. So Menahem is now the king. He's already been attacking neighboring nations, neighboring cities. He's killing innocent children. This guy's a brutal person. Then it says, in the 39th year of Azariah, king of Judah, Menahem, son of Gadi, became king over Israel and reigned 10 years in Samaria. So this wicked, vile guy is around for 10 years. Then it says this, he did evil in the sight of the Lord. He did not depart all his days from the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat. What are the sins of Jeroboam? What is it? What is it? The false altars, the altars to the true and living God with the golden calves. See, see, no one's taking them down. They're just letting it continue. They're letting it become a part of, of even their tradition. And sadly, no one's standing up and saying, first and second commandment, that's wrong. That's contrary to what the word of God says. Amen? And sadly, they're getting further and further away from the Lord. But watch what he does. So he's continuing in the worship of of the golden calves that are supposed to represent the Lord. But watch what he does here in verse 19. It says, Pull, king of Assyria. Now, Assyria was an idol-worshiping nation that were enemies of Israel. It says, Came against the land, and Menahem gave Pull a thousand talents of silver that his hand might be with him to strengthen the kingdom under his control. And Menahem extracted the money from Israel, from all the very wealthy, from every man 50 shekels of silver to give to the king of Assyria. So the king of Assyria turned back and did not stay there in the land. So they were under attack. And so what he did is he just paid off the enemy. Just gave him a bunch of money, basically enslaved Israel to this godless, idol-worshiping nation who, who hated the true and living God, and he enslaved the children of Israel to them by paying them off to keep them from attacking. Guys, we don't pay anybody off. We get on our knees and cry out to the Lord. Amen? We don't acquiesce to the world. We cry out to the Lord. We will obey God rather than man. Amen? Anybody praying? Have you guys been paying? Did somebody pray in here and I missed it? Because nobody's praying. They're not seeking the Lord. What are they doing? They're living according to the, the thoughts and the intents of the heart of evil and wicked men. And Israel's getting further. And guys, lest you forget, these are the people that God brought out of bondage in Egypt. The pillar of fire and the pillar of cloud led them through the wilderness. They went into the land of promise and God wiped out the giants in front of them. He gave the land into their hands. He gave them mighty victories. He, he dropped manna from the sky to feed them. He, they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years and their clothes never wore out. God's hand was upon them. And here they are in a short amount of time. Few, as generations go by, getting further and further and further away from the Lord. I pray that doesn't happen on our watch. Amen? Amen. That we would be faithful and draw people back to the Lord. It needs to start in our own houses. It needs to begin with our own children. Menahem paid the bill by taxing the wealthy in Israel. There's nothing new under the sun. Verse 21 says, Now the rest of the acts of Menahem and all that he did, are they not written in the book of Chronicles of the king of Israel? So Menahem rested with his fathers. The Pekahiah, his son, reigned in his place. So we've already gone through three kings. And each seems to be more wicked than the one before him. And now Menahem, this, this really even and vile, wicked man who's ripping children out of their mother's wombs and killing them, who's slaughtering their enemies, who's paying off the Assyrians instead of trusting in God. What kind of, what kind of person do you think his son's going to be? Now, again, just because we have a bad example doesn't mean we have to be to follow that example. Amen. And just because we have a good example doesn't mean we're always going to follow that example. But sadly, more times than not, that is the case. Point number five. Again, don't turn to the Lord for, turn to the Lord for help, not the world. He ran to the world. Following in the footsteps of those who've gone before us. In the 50, 50th year of Azariah, see, this, that's Uzziah. So all these kings are coming. And, and, and Uzziah is still the king in Judah. 
And God's blessing Judah, and they're, they're profiting, and they have plenty of food to eat, and God's blessing them as they honor the Lord. And Israel, on the other hand, is getting smaller and smaller. They're being more and more ra- ruled over by the foreign nations around them because they've turned their back on God. And while Uzziah was far from perfect, it says he was a man of God. So it says there in verse 23, In the 50th year of Azariah, king of Judah, Pekahiah, the son of Menahem, became king over Israel, and he reigned how long? Two years. Two years. 52 years. Six months. One year. Or six months. One month. Two years. Again, God's not going to bless. God's not going to bless it. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, he will also reap. For he who sows to the flesh will reap corruption, but he who sows to the spirit will reap everlasting life. It may be those who live godless lives look like they're making out okay, but I promise you it's extremely temporary. Look, but we desire that none should perish, no, not one, because that's what the Lord desires. Amen? And when we see someone who doesn't know God, we should never be self-righteous because we're all sinners in desperate need of a Savior. We're just one beggar leading another beggar to the bread. Amen? And so we need to recognize, therefore, for the grace of God goes every one of us. And we need to be burdened for them. By the way, they caught the guy who sold the stuff to my son, and God put it on my heart immediately that as soon as that guy lands in his cell, I'm going to go down there and tell him about Jesus. Because you know what? He needs the Lord too. And Jesus died for him too. Amen? Amen. And we desire that none... We don't look at anybody and, rec- and see that they're beyond salvation. Where sin abounds, grace abounds much more. Amen? So God wants us to pour out. He wants to pour out grace upon us. He suffers long. He sent his son at the same time. He's a holy and just God who will not be mocked. And sadly, we see that as they continue to shake their fists at the Lord, they're getting further and further away from him. It says there that he reigned for two years. He did evil in the sight of the Lord. He did not depart from the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, who had made Israel sin. You know how many kings they go through and not one of them stands up and says, this is wrong. Not one. And it's so tragic, isn't it? And we need to make sure we don't fall into that same trap. Any dead fish can go with the flow, right? Amen. We can all just go with the world and do what the world says. We can all even go with tradition. We need to be careful to know what the word of God says and make a stand for it, even when nobody else will. The previous two kings of Israel before Menahem did not reign successfully enough to pass on to their son. He had been in, in power for 10 years. But look, the, the familiar indictment, he reigned only two years, and we're going to see that he gets assassinated by one of his uh, bodyguards. That's, I'm telling you, this chapter would be a, this movie would be rated R. <laughs> I couldn't go see it, be rated R. Amen. <laughs> I mean, people are dropping dead all over the place. Because again, if we walk in disobedience to God, if we shake our fists at God, if we refuse to repent, he doesn't want, he desires that we'd all have intimate fellowship with him. He reigned only two years. Look what it says there. In the peak of son of, verse 25, Remaliah, an officer of his, conspired against him and killed him in Samaria. That was the capital of, of Israel at the time. In the city, in the citadel of the king's house, along with Argob and Arya, and with them 50 men of Gilead. He killed him and reigned in his place. But the, the, the least safe thing to be on the planet was the king of Israel. I mean, dude, you, got, you just be, like I said, you're, it's like being a mob boss. Everybody wants you dead. And you know what? The least safe place to be is being on the throne of your own life is walking in your own strength, your own power, putting your faith in yourself. Humble us, Lord. Keep us humble, broken, and desperate. Amen. It says, Now the rest of the acts of Pekahiah and all that he did indeed, they are written in the book of Chronicles of the kings of Israel. The Assyrian king, unlike the days of Mananam, would not be, would not be paid off by Israel and He's going to come along and things are about to get worse because here comes another king. This name, his name is Pekah. Look at their beginning of verse 27. This is a prolonged evil will bring destruction and righteous judgment. So in the 52nd year of Azariah, look, Uzziah is still king. 
Another king, another king, another king, another king, another king, another king. They just keep coming and falling, coming and falling, coming and falling. Why? In their own strength, rejecting the Lord, walking in open rebellion. And again, just because uh, your days are short doesn't mean you're in open rebellion, but in the case of these kings, it does. So in the 52nd year of Azariah, king of Judah, Pekah, the son of Ramaliah, became king over Israel and Samaria and reigned 20 years. Here's a long reign amongst a, another king following in the footsteps. But notice what it says. Verse 28, and he did what? Evil, Evil in the sight of the Lord. He did not depart from the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, who made Israel sin. He's the 19th king in Israel who all repeatedly turned their eyes away from sinful behavior and acted like it was okay. And you know what? God's a loving God and a gracious God, but he's also a righteous God. And he suffers long, but he won't suffer always. Notice it says, verse 29, the days of Pekah, king of Israel, Tilglath Pilasar, king of Assyria, came and took Ijon, Abel Beth, Makkah, Jehona, Kadesh, Hazar, Gilead, and Galilee, and all the land of Naphtali, and carried them captive to Assyria. Notice what happens now. As they get further and further away from the Lord, they keep losing more and more of the ground that they possess. And notice now that they're being taken captive by the pagan idolaters. The very same king that his, that his grandfather paid off is now coming in and dragging them all away captive. Now we're going to see this throughout the Old Testament because this happens again. Remember the Babylonians do the same. Amen? Who's somebody very well known in scripture who was dragged away by the Babylonians to serve with Nebuchadnezzar? Who was it? Daniel. Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, amen? And these, what they would always do is they would take the best and the brightest and they would bring them and force them to serve the pagan king. When Daniel was taken captive, his name was Daniel, which means God is my judge. And they changed his name to a name that means servant of Baal. You know, they changed each of their names, Hananiah, Azariah, and Mishael, to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They changed their names. They made them learn their new language. They educated them the ways of their false gods. They indoctrinated them. We've got an entire generation of kids who are being indoctrinated with a lie. Amen? And pray about how your kids are educated. We can't all homeschool. We can't all put them in Christian school. But we need to make sure that if they're being taught eight hours a day and a lot of it's not the truth, sit down and deprogram when to get home. Amen. We need to be salt and light. But here's exactly what's happening here, unfortunately. And now they're being taken captive. And now they're going to be in Azariah. And now they're, the kingdom's being put away. Now, what's interesting, when you get to Chronicles, if you guys remember this, that when they went into the land of promise, do you remember there were two and a half tribes that didn't go into the land of promise? You guys remember that? You know why they didn't go? How, remember, who remembers why they didn't go in? There were giants in the land. And the land they were on was green and lush. And they're like, dude, we'll just stay here. We'll just chill right here. Hey, God's highest is over there. I'm good right here. Guess what? They were the first two and a half tribes taken captive. Guys, when you camp outside of God's highest, you will miss out on what God has for you. Amen? May we never be satisfied, you know, outside of God's perfect will for our lives. We want everything that God has for us. You know, I've come to realize, and it's hard, but I've come to realize that God knew before the foundation of the world that he was going to take my son after 28 years, and he knew he was going to use it for his glory, and so I'm going to praise him in it. And it's not easy, but I'm going to. And I'll be transparent with you. If God said, a thousand people can get saved, you can have your son back. Give him my son back. I'm being transparent as I can be. That's my flesh, amen? Because I miss my son big time. But that being said, I'm going to see him again. And heaven's better. And God is already using it for his glory. I've already been able to witness to so many people, coworkers. I had three phone calls in one day from people whose kids were struggling with drugs and one who had overdosed and died who had no idea that my son had just died. And God just, guys, when we make ourselves available, God will use it. No suffering is wasted, amen? No suffering is wasted. Sadly, because of their disobedience, 
They're getting dragged off because they did not cry out to the Lord, because they put their faith in themselves, because they continued to walk in disobedience. It says in 1 Chronicles 5 that the kings of Assyria carried away into captivity Again, the tribes of Reuben, Gad, and half of Manasseh, and those are the ones who had encamped outside the city, outside the land of promise. So, they com- so guys, if you're the one who compromised, you'll be the first one to fall. Amen? If you're, if you're the one furthest away from the Lord, if you're the one in a place of compromising your walk with God, be careful. Now, and again, I want to emphasize more than anything else God's grace tonight, okay? God's a gracious God, and he's a loving God. And he's a merciful God, and we must never, ever, ever forget that. The once mighty land flowing with milk and honey, the Assyrian king would make uh, several campaigns against Israel and Syria and Judah. They'd become a kingdom of evil. These were dark days in Israel. We get to chapter 17, Israel's gone. Gone. Two more chapters. They're going to be overrun. We can't shake our fist at God and expect God to bless us. Amen? Then it says there, as we're finishing up, look at verse 30. It says, Then Hosea, the son of Elah, led a conspiracy against Pekah, the son of Remaliah, and struck him and killed him. Another dead king. So he reigned in his place the 20th year of Jotham, the son of Uzziah. Now the rest of the acts of Pekah and all that he did, indeed, they are written in the book of Chronicles of the king of Israel. Prolonged, uh, prolonged evil will bring destruction and righteous judgment. God allowed 19 kings to come and go before he brought this judgment where they were carried away captive. He gave them opportunity after opportunity after opportunity after opportunity to repent. And God does the same with all of us. Nobody is going to spend eternity from in hell without running over the cross of Calvary to get there. He offers salvation universally. It has to be accepted individually. We don't go to heaven because our parents are saved or our friends are saved because we went to church. Is Jesus Christ your best friend? Are you born again? Does the Holy Spirit live inside of you? Are you a new creation in Christ? If you're not, let today be the day of salvation. Amen? This Hosea here, we're going to break away from him, but he's going to be the last king in Israel. This is it. Last guy. We're going to see that in chapter 17. Now, we pull back the camera, and now we go back down into Judah. So the last few verses here, we're back in Judah. But let me just say this. Zechariah, Shalom, Manahem, Pekaniah, Pekah, Hosea, a dynasty of evil kings. They all continued in rebellion. The land got smaller, the enemy got greater, the security was weakened, they grew further and further away from the Lord, and in the end, they faced the righteous judgment of God, and the northern kingdom was completely consumed by Assyria. Now we finish up by running back to Judah. So we were up in the 10 northern lands, are being consumed. By the time we get to the end of this chapter, do you know that Israel is 30 miles by 40 miles? That's it. I mean, all of the land's been consumed. The enemies are taking it all away. It's literally, Israel is smaller than LA, right? I mean, it's just gotten so small because they've turned their back on God. And then finally, last point, those who love the Lord, he disciplines. Now we're gonna see someone being used mildly by God, but we're gonna see that even as he's obeying God, that God's gonna bring some discipline upon his life. Last point, those who the Lord loves, he disciplines. Verse 32, in the second year of Pekah, the son of Remaliah, king of Israel, Jotham, the son of Uzziah, king of Judah, began to reign. So remember that Uzziah had leprosy. He died. There was a period of time where his son was ruling with him. And now Uzziah is gone and his son has stepped into his place. And he is now, after 52 years, he begins his solo reign in Judah. He was 25 years old when he became king. He reigned 16 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Jerusha, the daughter of Zadok. Now look what it says. And he did what was what? Right. In the sight of the Lord, he did according to all that his father Uzziah had done. Now Uzziah again, we know at the end of his life, he failed. But King Uzziah had a 52-year reign and he did have an area of his life. Aren't you glad that by the grace of God, 
you're not going to be judged on your worst moment. Thank you, Jesus. Amen? Can you, we'd all pick our worst. I'm glad. We all took our worst moment. We wouldn't be in there talking to each other. Amen? If everybody knew the worst thing, oh, man, I want no part of you. But here's the reality, that praise God that he, is, he doesn't even remember that. The Bible says he separates your sin as far as the east is from the west. You know, if you go north and south, you end up in the same place. But if you go east and west, it never ends. Amen? It just keeps going. And he has taken that area. And, you know, the enemy will still condemn you with it. But just remember that you've been forgiven. If you've asked God to forgive you, he's forgiven you. And so here, he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord. Notice again, though. However, the high places were not removed. The people still sacrificed and burnt incense on the high places. Where's, where's Elijah when you need him? Amen? Amen? Coming in and kicking, kicking down the idols in front of uh, Ahab. Amen? Calling down fire from heaven, consuming the prophets of Baal. We need some Elijah. Again, let's be kind, let's be loving, let's be gracious, but let's stand up for God if nobody else will. Amen? Let's, let's be the generation that says, I'm going to stand for him. What's the worst thing the world can do to you? Believe me, I'm less afraid of death now than I've ever been. Amen? Because heaven's better. Evil dad, evil son. Godly dad, godly son. We see that here. And again, even though his dad was far from perfect. Notice it says there, he built the upper gate of the house of the Lord. We're about to finish, but here's what's pretty cool. When you look up the upper gate, when you go to Chronicles, you know what it actually is? It's access directly from the palace to the temple. Now his dad was struck down because he went into the wrong place. Uzziah, right? He went in like he was the priest. But this is allowing him to have quick access to go and worship. And this is not what we all need more of. We need more time in God's presence. If you want to be great in God's kingdom, learn to be the servant of all. But how does that happen? You spend time with the Lord. Do you know what? You become more like the Lord if you spend more time with the Lord. Amen? And so it's the more time we spend with him, the more. And so look, I love that even though he let the high places remain, he'd fallen into the trap of all those generations of kings. But he said, you know what? There needs to be more access between me and the place of worship. I need to worship God more. I'm the king now. I need God more than I've ever needed him. Amen? And I love that picture. Let's finish up. And it says, now the rest of the acts of Jotham and all he did, are they not written in the book of Chronicles of the kings of Judah? In those days, the Lord began to send Rezin, king of Syria, and Pekah, the son of Remaliah, against Judah. You know, we're going to see in future chapters that the enemy will continue to come against God's people. But praise God that here's a king who cleared a path so he could have uh, intimate fellowship with the Lord. So Jotham rested with his fathers, was buried with his father in the city of David, his father. Then Ahaz, his son, reigned in his place. So God reigns in uncertain times, and aren't you glad? Number one, may we cultivate hearts of humility and brokenness. Pride goes before destruction. What happened to Uzziah? He was a faithful king for a long time, and then he got full of himself. By the way, let's quit arguing with Christians, and let's start ministering to a world that needs Jesus. Can we stop bickering? Can we stop being divided over non-salvific issues? Amen? Can we quit? Just stop it already. And there's people that need Jesus, and they should see, know us by the love we have one for another. Amen? Point number one, may we cultivate hearts, humility. But number two, what God, what God promises happens. Isn't that good? So good. So good. God says it. That settles it. Absent from the body present with the Lord. I'm so thankful. Man left to himself is perverse and wicked. If you're offended by that, you need to be. We're all sinners. Amen. We all need a savior and praise God for his grace that we've been forgiven. And now he sees us as holy through the shed blood of his son. And again, faith should produce good works. Turn to the Lord for help, not the world. Right now, we got a lot going on in our lives, a lot of things going on in the world. It's easy to run to the world for answers. Let's run to the Lord, not to the world. Amen. We don't need Dr. Phil. We need Jesus. Amen. We don't need to run to our unsaved friend to get their counsel. We need to run to the Lord. 
following in his footsteps, the footsteps of those who've gone before us. I praise God for a godly dad who's an example, and I praise that we would be godly moms, godly dads, and we'd, we'd be examples for our kids to follow. Prolonged evil will bring destruction and righteous judgment. God suffers long, but he won't suffer always. And those who the Lord loves, he disciplines. We're going to see that those enemies come and attack uh, this, the last king here, right? And he's going to, uh, Jotham, but he's going to allow that to happen again so that Jotham will grow. And God will allow us to go through trials to mold us more into the image of our Savior. Lord, we thank you, we praise you, we love you. You are a deed and great and an awesome God. And oh Lord, keep us humble, broken, and desperate. Keep us usable for your kingdom and for your glory. We thank you for the promises in your word that they are yes and amen. And Lord, I pray for everyone here tonight, Lord, no matter what they may be going through, may you strengthen them and build them up in the most holy faith. May you help them, Lord, to continue to trust in you and to run to you and not to the world. We pray for children that are in rebellion, Lord, draw them back into yourself. We pray for marriages that are in trouble, bring restoration to the marriages. We pray for those who have situations at work, may they be salt and light, may you use them for your kingdom and for your glory. And Lord, may you stir us up, stir up the gifts you've given us that we might be used for you. We pray for divine appointments. We pray for people that don't know you. May they come to know you. May we be tools in the hands of our master. We thank you for your promises. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said... Mm -hmm.